Guys, for this week's episode, I had to bring in the cavalry. I did. I had to bring in both Mina and Joe because there's a reason, right? Where we live, the prices are getting out of hand. Everywhere around us, things are getting more and more and more expensive. And so I needed to bring in two distinguished gentlemen to tell you about a phenomenal place to save money. That's right. Save money. Forget spending money. Forget prices through the nose. Somewhere where you can actually save money. Mina, where can you go to save money? Uh, it would be elmayusoccer.com. I think our financial advisor over here would definitely advise for you to for you to go to elmayusoccer.com to save some cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As your uh, designated Jersey Wall financial advisor, elmontyouthsoccer.com is where it's at. So uh, get 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 those uh, great savings while, <laughs> while you can, I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. Elmont Youth Soccer is true to the people, meaning their prices are for the people. The more you spend there, the more you save there. Haven't heard that in a while. You know what I mean? Bro, go to elmontyouthsoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 to save even more money. You're going to save 10% on your order. And when you go to elmontyouthsoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout. Today, we are going to talk about how owners influence clubs. We hope you enjoy. What happens to our sponsor and our show when uh, China takes over Taiwan? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have, I'm going to have to talk yeah. to the delegates over at ElmontYouthSoccer.com. But in the meantime... Do we have to I'm delete gonna... our backlog of saying how great these people are? I know, I know. Hey, the people at Elmont Youth Soccer... You know what the thing is? They don't have a very menacing name. I think that's what really, like, the good thing is. Because yeah. it's Elmont. I don't know what Elmont means, yeah. right? Youth. Youth. So people think yeah. it's not just kids. It sounds, know, it sounds like youth. nice, you know? Exactly. It sounds very nice, right? Yeah. You think Elmont, Utah. It sounds like, a, like the jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like something that could be um, on on a Wall Street like stock trade, right? Yeah. Like you know, Nike's Elmont, there, and they make something in Associates from Stratford yeah. Elmont Associates. What's the movie there from? My favorite movie there, Wolf of Wall Street, mm. right? Yeah. The the what they renamed their company to. I feel like this is what inspired our sponsor's name. They're like ElmontYouthSoccer.com. Nailed it. And and then we're here, like. Yep, you did. You nailed it, guys. Yeah. Great job. I was going to make a joke, bro. but uh, I still want these sponsors, so I'm not <laughs> Yeah, bro. We ain't about bashing sponsors. <laughs> well, we're, we're promoting this anyway. sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and Mina's our resident heel, right? Yeah. Mina's our bad guy, and we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as TJW grows across social media platforms, which has been our goal <laughs> That's for the amazing. early part of 20, for the first quarter of 2022, and to be fair, we've done it quite well. I was about okay, to say, to yeah. Mina is our resident heel because even several weeks and a month after we post a video talking about a very friendly debate, people having a go at Mina as though he's the most <laughs> like ludicrous suggester of things in the entire world. And honestly, Joe and I are having a laugh at this. And I think so Mina's I, <laughs> behind the mask of anger where he's like, Yo, I hate you guys. Stop you freaking insulting me right now. I hate you guys. And Joe and I are laughing hysterically. Yeah watching me get praised like I've never been praised before. Joe is not involved at all. And, and they're just, everyone's saying to me, bro, this guy's so illogical. Can't have a conversation with him. What a dumbass this guy is. How does that make you feel, dude? Honestly, it doesn't, like, these are people that are typing on a screen. Like, yep. these aren't, 
these aren't real human beings that I'm ever going to see in my life. Right. And, and, and while I respect their opinions, they're wrong. And, (laughs) (laughs) and that's, that's the top and bottom of it. If you haven't learned that I speak in exaggerations, then I think you can continue to take stuff literally and criticize, but it's it's a fair point. You can criticize whenever you want. Nathan, you gotta, you gotta clip that and put the title as uh, Mina's message to Newcastle fans. Watch how many views are wrong. You know, what's funny. Is if you go and look at the comment on the video of the the comment that I sent you this morning, which was about our Newcastle more than just money, yeah. right? The comment had something to do with basically Nathan is one hundred percent right. Mina has no idea what he's talking about. No idea how to conversation with this. Not guy. even what I responded Nathan to him. Wasting his time. Yeah, yeah wasting his. I'm guy. wasting my breath even conversing <laughs> with you, bro. What are you even doing on this show? Nathan is a god. Mina is absolutely nothing. Just scum on the road. Yeah. And what I responded to this guy, if you go see, you'll laugh. What I wrote back was. Yeah, he really is wasting his time. If you listen to the show, bro, you'll see this guy, you know, it's it's usually Nathan being right about stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy doesn't know. Nathan's the admin too, bro. Third person for the win. Not bro. because you love it. Like your nose is so brown from the amount of yeah. like, commenting hey. you're doing. You see on me on TikTok, bro? You see the TJW bites on TikTok? 100%, bro. No, the, I made TikTok. one. No, no, I made one for TFC, okay? This weekend, Toronto FC played, played their home opener and it went terribly. Couldn't have gone any worse. They got blown out. Most goals they ever conceded in the first half of the game. And it was the home opener, like welcoming fans back to BMO field. Yeah. The pitch was atrocious. The performances were terrible. Players are out of position. Whole lot of things. In 25 oh, seconds, I made, a, I made a TikTok explaining what was wrong. Okay. And I said, do you see the problem with this? Currently, this video has 11,000 views and 700 <sighs> likes. And wow. the comments, the 100 comments that are on it, Nate, 100% agree, bro. You absolutely nailed it. So I'm just, you want to talk about brown nosing? I'm feeling like a freaking king. Rejoice in the praise right, that is TJW over here. The analysts of TFC are fighting each other all of the time. No one cares about TFC. Yeah. No, you know what it Come is? On. It's proper criticism. See, again, with these hot takes, bro. Oh, we have Mina. No if you cares. watch the progression of Mina throughout the years, <laughs> has he become more of a villain? He has, no, As definitely. Nathan gets the support of the millions and millions of supporters, TJW International, by the way. Yeah. Our international yeah. correspondent is starting to become the heel. And honestly, I'm here for it. As a pro wrestling fan, I love the bad guy. <laughs> Listen, man. Okay. You know this from the beginning. You guys have known me for almost a decade now. Yeah. The amount of people I've pissed off in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can confirm that. Is enough can... to fill the stadium behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm. Yes. Yes. That's very true. I mean. Have I, have I been more or less happy throughout my life because of it? No. <laughs> Absolutely indifferent. Indifferent. Because I have my peace, my own peace, and the peace that God gives me. And that's what makes me happy. Certainly isn't United that's making me happy. No, no kidding. We're going to get to them. God-given peace. Amen. And you know what? Praise to you, O Mina Haley. Joe, what's up, bro? Bro. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. You know what? Uh, I love being here. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Yes, of course. Of course. Uh, It's nice. See, everyone bow down to the... the (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But like... No, the resident financial advisor. Like when there's three... When there's two of us, this is the best show on planet Earth. When there's three of us... No, it's just... This is something else. This is the trifecta. This is what... (laughs) Mina. Mina will know this. What's the best shape in the universe, bro? Pyramid. The the pyramid. (laughs) And that's what we are, man. That's what we are. That's what the Jersey Ball is when it's the three of us on here. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Master Chef Nate. I have with me Pharaoh 007, aka the resident heel, the bad guy in the building. <laughs> Mina's back. Thank you for coming back, Mina. Thank you for having me. 
And Joe, like we've already heard from, bro. The, I love having you. Bo- anyway, before we go on to the footy of it all, and I want to talk about owners, we have to segue to the owners. And the way that I want to do that is by talking about these absolutely preposterous gas prices. If you are a Canadian listener, your pockets are hurting. So what we want to do is make your ears like uplift, I guess. <laughs> Let the content carry you to a wonderful place so that when you're driving in your car, you're not just thinking, oh my God. I gotta go get gas. You're actually like, all right, at least, at least if I have to be driving my car, I could be <laughs> listening to the Jerzwall podcast. Bro, I had a heart attack this morning when I was leaving my house because gas last Tuesday, last Tuesday, okay, six days ago, gas was 35 cents cheaper. Yep. 35 cents cheaper in six days. Six days later, I'm like, oh, I've I can't believe I didn't fill up at 155 and then at 161 and then at 168 and then at 177 because 185, oh my God. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I I recently drove to Hamilton, so it was like three cents cheaper over there, filled up at 169. Now I'm seeing it at 183 or 185 or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh my God, thank goodness. Yeah. It's, It's crazy. We're gonna end up carpooling, boys, or riding a bike. So uh, get ready. It is. I gotta yeah, take the bus. Take the bus. Yeah. No, I mean. Hey, honestly, man. At this point, it's whatever. I, I filled up a one seventy nine point nine today, so I guess it's a bargain. <laughs> that is a bargain, yeah. bro. That's a, that's a steal. I know. So I filled it up like as much as I can because I know it's gonna hit two bucks like sometime this week at this point. So literally, uh, oh, I'm yeah. gonna have to get 100%. gas. I know. Yeah. So just get gas by this now. time next week. Yeah. Stunt Christ, but this isn't the show for you to hear about the current events of what sucks in the world. This is the place to hear about current events of what's great in the world. And what's great is that the clubs that aren't Manchester City are suffering. And so let's talk about some of those clubs because they're going through a rough time right now. In case you haven't heard, uh, we're not, we got into a little bit of, of politics last week. We want to avoid that this week because we want to focus back on the footy. Um, but because of what's kind of going on in the world. Roman Abramovich, Russian owner, Russian multi-multi-billionaire, has elected to sell Chelsea. Now, Joe is a Chelsea fan, for those who don't know. And so over the years, we've been able to speak about some of Chelsea's highs and lows and criticize some of what they've done poorly and praise some of what they've done well. But in the 19 years that Roman Abramovich has been in charge, there has been way more ups than downs, right? And for a man who very clearly loves the club, who wants to sell it now, to somebody who cares so that the club can can continue to succeed even after he leaves. It's something that we just have to talk about. So Joe, I want to give you the chance first and foremost, just off the top to kind of speak about what Abramovich has done for the club. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. Honestly, bro, uh, what hasn't he done for the club? That's easier to tell you than what he has done for the club because he did everything, you know, and what a way to, I guess, end it, which is very sad, but we end it as, you know, we won it all. And, uh, not a lot of clubs are like that. Like Mina's United won it all. Um, you know, Juventus won it all. I think like four or five clubs won it all. And just to say, just to be in that tier, you know, of saying like, you know, we can actually sing in the stadium. We've won it all. You know, that's all to Abramovich. And, you know, obviously the players come, but without a doubt, without Abramovich, without his funds, you know, let's be real here. You know, Chelsea, Chelsea wouldn't be where it's at today. So, like, thank you, Mr. Abramovich, Roman's army, you know, forever. And uh, a lot of Chelsea fans fans were very passionate with Abramovich because we know, like, we love him. I even, you know, it's funny because last year, me, me and you, Nathan, we were talking about, like, you know, maybe we have the two best owners in the world at this point. I mean, yeah. Like, at least up there. 
And now, you know, it's scary times to be a Chelsea fan, but you know what? Like, I think, I think with the foundation that Abramovich set and what he built, you know, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be up there, you know, no matter who the owner is, I feel like uh, we've set, we're, we're a legacy club, bro. We're up there, except an American. Don't give me an American. I was just going to say, I'm watching Mina's face there and I'm thinking, yeah, let me tell you something about legacy, bro. Leaving something on a high isn't always the best thing in the world. Those words seem familiar. I think I said the exact same word seven years ago. Bro, I know, I know. It's, um, it's going to be hard. And, um, nine, nine, it's nine, nine, Mina. I was about to say seven. I'm like, bro, it's a bit longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, but obviously, um, obviously, the Glazers took over in 2005. But I mean, no, no, but uh, Sir yeah. Alex, those yeah. words like, sound very familiar. Sir Alex needs a trophy just for like dealing with that stuff. So, um, yeah, <laughs> to be honest, but you know what? Thank you, Roman Abramovich. Now, this is besides what he does, does outside because like his political affiliate i don't do politics bro i don't like to talk about it because mm. i have my own hot takes on everything in the world <laughs> we're not gonna yeah. put that here and this ain't the show for that and this yeah. ain't the show for that at all i'm strictly football write them down i'll read them right and Mina reads them out loud yeah we lose all our sponsors and everything but no um thank you you know i i don't agree with everything he's done of course you know nobody's perfect right. but like he's done some messed up shit too but um (laughs) but thank you for for building chelsea and uh it's really sad i really didn't want him to go you know it's very hard these days to find a uh, to find an owner that's that cares as much as abramovich so we'll see how it goes man i'm actually stressed i may not look stressed it's probably because i'm tired from work but i'm so stressed (laughs) um bro all I got to say is thank you. I'll just end it at that. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about some of the positives. If you, and I didn't ask you to prepare anything for this, yeah, but yeah. you know, as a, as a fan in your heart, you'll yeah. know, you'll have memories that sit with you. And those oh, are the ones that will, will carry through to most Chelsea fans yeah. and rival fans too. will be like, you know, I hated that one, especially more because it worked out for them. Um, we spoke about this not too long ago, actually about Chelsea's transfer strategy. And obviously when the takeover, for, you know, first happened in, in the very early 2000s, much like a lot of takeovers, it's it's about just completely redefining everything. But as the years progress, Abramovich went on to get the likes of Jose Mourinho, right? Who is pretty well cemented as one of the best managers in history, even though now it's not, it, you know, people forget how good he actually was. Mm-hmm. But there were the signings of, of a DDA Drogba. There were the signings of an N Hazard who weren't blockbuster signings, but who made such an impact on the club. Can you speak to those signings in particular? Like at both, it doesn't matter if it's managers or players. Yeah. Talk to me about the impact of those players because without Abramovich, I don't know if those transfers happen. Oh, 100%. You know, like, um, he's bought everyone you could think of. (laughs) Well, Mm. at the time, especially, you know, Didier Drogba, you know, the biggest one that I'll, I'll give him props to. Uh, manager or player it's Jose Mourinho because without Jose Mourinho yeah. we wouldn't be here today because it was him who who led us to success like so much success who made us used to success and who set up the youth because when he came in I don't like our youth was good but it isn't the way it is today where right. we have Mason Mount, Reese James, we have a number of players coming in. So I'd like to think like he put it up there as the likes of Liverpool or United which are the two best clubs mm. in England. So I'm going to say here, like, obviously, Mina's probably chocolate, but it is true. Yeah, the likes of Mo Salah, Kevin Mo Sa- Dupana, Kevin Romulo Lukaku. De- exactly. Yeah. So yeah. All, all, all the people that we basically got rid of, thanks a lot. That's also part of Abramovich's problem. <laughs> and yeah. that's just it. That yeah. was the next part yeah. that I wanted to talk that's about. Is that some of too. the yeah. the negatives of, of the Abramovich era are 
sometimes the wheel is in such fast mm. pace exactly. at all times yeah. that sometimes players don't have the opportunity to settle in, neither do managers, because the cycle is yeah. a lot faster than it is at other clubs. Um, and so sometimes you miss out on, you know, Kevin De Bruyne yeah, yeah. and Mo Salah, who are the two best players in the league, exactly playing together. So you said right? it here, Chelsea's influence on the league is already there. So the two best players in the league are Kevin De Bruyne and Mohamed Salah. I don't think anyone is going to really argue with that. So those two are quote unquote Chelsea rejects, right? So, mm. but like they're not. It's just for De Bruyne, it, it didn't really work out. He was part of the the famous loan system that got us the transfer ban. And um, so was, you know, we got Salah. And when we got Salah in, he was he was really good from Basel. I remember very well. And he's, I'll never forget our potential. Yeah, I'll never forget Explosive. our 7-1 against Arsenal. And he scored the seventh goal. Or six it wasn't 6-1? 6-1. Six one? Six one, six yeah. one. He scored the sixth. It doesn't matter. We I watched that going. game in Michigan, Detroit, actually. Oh, really? Oh, that's sick. Yeah, very interesting. I'll get into that that's... at a different time. But I, I don't want to interrupt you, Joe. Yeah, but I do me. want to hear from me too. Because yeah. I saw Mina shook his head at the, at the Chelsea reject comment. And yeah. I think I know why. But, I mean, I want to hear from, from you for that. Yeah, I just want to speak to that because it's like, obviously, everybody's going to say, oh, how could you let them go? But, of course, they had to let yeah. them go. Like, yeah. they had Frank Lampard ahead of Kevin De Bruyne in his prime. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not. No one's benching Frank Lampard in his prime, regardless of how good Kevin De Bruyne was, is now. Right. And let me tell you, he wasn't this good back then. Mm-hmm. Same with mm-hmm. Salah. Like, I love Salah with all my heart. But it, when, you, when you have him trying to find his feet and learn what the Premier League is like, He's yeah. not going to bench Didier Drogba. Yeah. No. Now he and might. the other, the other thing. Might, but it, it, it's, it's, it's not yeah, even it's Drogba like... as well, Mina. You know, we were having, at that point when Salah came in, Hazard was like becoming exactly. something else completely. So yeah. with, with Hazard. That's what I was going to say. Hazard becoming like top 10 yeah. player in the world at that point. Like he was getting there, you know, it. It was very hard for players like Salah, for De Bruyne to come in because on top of yeah. that, we also have Abramovich spending during the summers in January. So he'll just like improve. We weren't looking through the youth, mm. but the transfer ban is what actually forced our hand. And that's why I think the culture is slowly changing to let's incorporate youth a lot more. So yeah. can I actually right. speak Especially to your Especially because thing? of how good the youth is there at yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on. Can yeah. I speak to, ahead, to the youth uh, uh, academy thing at Chelsea? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the good thing about football is there is always more than one way to do something. Mm-hmm. And obviously clubs like Ajax United and, and Barcelona have histories of constantly bringing youth into their first team. And I think that Chelsea shows a different way of, of having a youth system, right? Like they mm-hmm. constantly provide talent. They don't reap the benefits or they don't always reap the benefits in the first team, this current team aside. But they the way that Chelsea used to do it until the transfer ban was produce the youth, sell them for about five to 10 million a piece, get rid of so many at one point that you all of a sudden you have an influx of 50 to 60 million cash every yeah. single window. And then you go and spend like, let's say you spend a hundred million. Now you've regained 50 to 60 of it and you your net spend is about 40 to 50 million. And I think that's just a different way of operating. And I think mm. credit to Frank Lampard after they got the transfer ban, now Chelsea's starting to realize like, oh, we can still do that. But every once in a while, we don't have to sell the gems anymore, right? Yeah. Like the gems can stay and we can bleed them in, even if they don't start yeah. all, all the time. They're great squad options. Correct. But yeah. at the same time, we can continue selling the other ones because the the reason academies exist is not to put develop every single player in the academy to the first team. That's never mm-hmm. going to happen. If you, I think if you produce one player every season that plays 50 to 100 games 
in your club's first team, that's a success. Right. But at the same time, if you produce some someone for the other leagues or the other teams in the same league, that's also a success because I, and I think that you're actually going to find more players that go out to other clubs in the same league, maybe at a higher level, lower level than, than the ones that will be good enough to play for Chelsea or United or city, like with the Foden's that, you know, and Sancho even took a different approach, but uh, so it's not always uh, a baton to, or to like beat Chelsea with like, Oh, you've never used your, your Academy. I think it's just a different way of operating. And now they're realizing how to actually bring the gems into them. Because let's remember, their academy is quite young. City's academy is quite young. So to continue yeah. to develop the academy and and try to understand the process of taking it from an academy level and signing a kid at five years old to to them playing in the first team, it can be done in so many different ways. But now they're right. like starting to perfect that a little bit to to realize that the gem, so they don't make the Salah and the the Bruyne and the Lukaku mistakes mm. because that's a mistake that cost them a hundred million and the amount of titles City has won. Yeah, and the other thing is, Mina, you and I were kind of talking about this um, watching the Manchester Derby, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. Um, we were talking about like Pep's philosophy when it comes to the development of young players. And obviously, City's ownership, and we're going to get to this a little bit later, really want to produce great academy. You look at the, the the difference in the quality of City's academy players as of late, and the players coming up look like they're they're phenomenal. The difference is when Chelsea see that players are phenomenal, they let them go out on loan and get first team experience playing at proper clubs, right? Even you look at someone like Connor Gallagher, who isn't a teenager, right? He's in his early 20s, playing at a mid-table Premier League side, right? So to come back into a Chelsea first team, he'll have first team experience, not playing at like Billy Gilmore playing with Norwich, where he just like, it's almost like the Renato Sanchez at Swansea problem, right? Where it's like, all right, bro, I have to do way too much here and I'm not, I'm not experienced enough for this. It's like, no, no, you can go be a decent player at a decent club and then come back to Chelsea and be like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Right, it's yeah. the different approach to the loan system, which, it, to Chelsea's credit, they're at, they seem to have figured out pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So if if there's any time to leave, I think now would be the time because I feel mm. you know like it, it's he's done everything, and and the reason we're all in, the, in this position, the reason we lost out on De Bruyne and Salah, it's still because of Abramovich. So we would have never been mm. in this position in the first place. You just have to be grateful of everything, you know. I was I was happy to see two Champions League, you know, let alone one, bro. Like I saw us win in 2012. I was like, this is the best thing ever. And then win yeah. it again last year. Like, you know, well, what what else are you gonna do? It's okay, Nathan. You know, it's a sensitive subject. Yeah, yeah. I know, bro. Europe's not for everyone, but it's okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's okay. You know what? Like That's that, right, Joe. That's it. Uh, Say it with your chest. Don't it. be shy. I won't. I won't. I don't care. Um, five Champions Leagues combined, right? Let's now. go, baby. Five. Yeah. Oh, Liverpool's probably laughing five. right now. That's right. Oh, five right here between the three of us. Five right here, bro. <laughs> That's right. Don't forget it. All five. Yeah, One, two, three, four, five. Rashford have five. Ballon d'Ors combined. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, bro. Oh, bro. But hey, together, bro, Ronaldo you... and I have uh, that many combined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Tell me. What do you anticipate happening? Do you anticipate... Uh, let's, yeah, let's that was my next American question. American owners yeah. aside. Yeah. Let's put American owners... Like, best case scenario, does the conveyor belt of changes still carry on at Chelsea? Because I think that was a very Abramovich-driven process. Very I don't know if mm. the subordinates or the 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 people that he's left behind yeah. will have the same vision or the oversight to continue to do that as well as 
as he did, for correct, example. Correct. You know, mm. like, um, obviously, new owners, different visions, you know, no matter how passionate yeah. or um, they, they, they always have different styles. Everyone has different styles. So that was an Abramovich thing. You know, maybe maybe they could continue it because I feel like some of the people Abramovich hired are still going to be here because we still run a successful club. This isn't this isn't no club that's just like on the bottom. We're we're coming off a Champions League win and stuff and we just were in the finals which we lost, which was heartbreaking, but like, you know, it's still it's still decent. So it depends if they can convince the new owners, hey, like, this is the style we're doing. It's been successful for the past, I don't know how many years. Yeah. Um, why not just give it a chance and let's keep it going? You know, if it doesn't work and you don't find it interesting, switch it up a little. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. It really depends. Sorry, Nathan, go on. The, no, no, I, I want you to finish your point there. I'm just, the, the thing that you have to be mindful of, and I know you will be, but Chelsea as a whole have to be mindful of this, is... You know, not every transition hits the ground running, Without a right? Doubt. And you saw not that long ago that Chelsea were like, you know, not, I won't say mid-table, but also weren't competing for Europe, right? And so, and that was with the same ownership, right? Just because that's how the football cycle goes, right? So it's critical that the new owners that come in, I think they have to be very, very careful in any changes that they want to make because whatever, we can be critical of the of the machine that is Chelsea, but it has worked pretty well, right? Because at the end of the day, they bounce back and get to where they need to go. And if let's say a new owner comes in and he's, uh, I read one about some like Turkish billionaire guy, right? He needs to come in with the same care for the club as, as, as Abramovich did. And that, that transitions to my next point here about the different styles of ownership, right? What we saw under Abramovich was a guy who owns the club, who loves the club and will do whatever it takes to have the club succeed as often as he possibly can. Right. One of the potential buyers for Chelsea is in an investor group. Right. And investor groups have very, very different philosophies. And this is where I think Chelsea needs to be careful. And Abramovich, I will trust, will want to sell the club to who he thinks will carry the club to success, which to his point might be another guy just like him, a guy who wants to pay for whatever to make sure the club succeeds, because alternatively, you could end up with a Manchester United situation. Right. And this is where I'll slash kind of transition Arsenal to, to Mina. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even well, even Liverpool, I mean, they've they've been able to figure it out, but I know what you mean. It's you know, the investor group strategy of how can I turn this business into a successful one financially for me, for this group, doesn't always have the best interest of the of the team in mind. It has the best interest of the the money in mind, right? and Arsenal comes to mind there when I think of that too, right? Which is yeah, yeah we're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're competing for Europe. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. Yep, we're making money. Good stuff. And it's taking advantage of the players, uh, of excuse me, of the fans who are willing to pay any price to support their club, but the club is not willing to put that back into the, into the, into the fans. And so I want to transition to Mina to tell me a little bit about, you know, what, I mean, you know, not for the first time, I might add, <laughs> about what it's like having the Glazers, you know, an investment group own the club for Manchester United. It's just, you lose all hope because you don't have anything to base your hope on. Mm. The actions speak louder than words. They came in when Sir Alex was, was spending more than anyone, basically spending so much money in, in the English league. And they come in and we don't replace Ronaldo. We don't replace the midfield that we had that was aging. We don't replace the, the aging back four. And all of a sudden it's gone 10 years now or almost 10 years without winning titles and five years without winning trophies. 
So mm -hmm. the chopping and changing then becomes, and I think it's, I think they, they implement this strategy based on how the NFL system works because Arsenal owners and United owners both own teams in the NFL. And mm -hmm. you saw that the Glazers bought Tom Brady, they brought, brought him to the Buccaneers and, and then, you know, won uh, won the Super Bowl, and that's uh, that's my extent of of how that year went in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it's not the NFL show. Not no, that that's the extent of my knowledge. But right. I think that it's because the NFL is a closed league with with capped spending, and I think mm. that when you take the best and no relegation, league, right? Exactly. So no real consequences either. That's what I mean by closed league. Like it's right. Like you, no one drops out, no one comes yep. up. And it, the, the 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 spending is capped, so you have to do a lot of the free trades that they do, and and. Uh, when you take the best team, the best player in the league from someone else, or you or you suddenly bring in the best player in the league, you're going to have a much higher chance of succeeding. And mm. transi transitioning that into European football, it just doesn't work because right. all of a sudden you've got Newcastle with new owners, Chelsea with new prospective owners that are going to be pushing for those positions, and Chelsea, City, Liverpool are all talking about how can we be the best team in the world. And when you have uh, an ownership that is just saying, how can we get top four? While five other teams are trying to be the best teams in the world, you know you're going to miss out just by maths because yeah. your ambition is to get fourth at best or sorry, at worst. And right. the five teams ahead of you are trying to get even more ahead of you. Yeah, they're trying to and win. They're putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah, yeah. So you're just going to get leapfrogged <clears throat> and all you're going to have to do is try to transition from, you know, um, mentality and philosophy to mentality and philosophy and you're going to keep spending so much money but you know that there's no structure behind this and they're just looking for a quick fix yeah. to right. get to the top four and every time we've gotten to the top four all of a sudden the money runs out and the manager can't push on from that stage mm -hmm. and he gets sacked new manager comes in all of a sudden there's 200 million to play with gets top four loses out again and then they're sacked so it's just a, a right. vicious cycle of not putting your money where your mouth is and just trying to achieve financially. Uh, you're trying to achieve financial success without having to, you know, spend so much money to succeed in football. But right. that's the thing. It's, it's kind of like a catch 22 is because you like, you want to know how to make so much money, post a tweet of, of, you know, 21 is here instead of, you know, the, the freaking, it highlights from when we won it last time and a goal of yeah. the day or whatever. If you post that tweet, it's like, <laughs> the league is ours again watch how many more sponsorship deals you get watch how much more money you get all right so the ambition is is all of it and i think that even if you just delegate because you care for your business and you don't really understand what's going on in this market right now you delegate you find someone else that, that can actually do this side of the job because you're taking care of your asset and i think that a lot of the american owners and this isn't like let's bash america it's just i think it's just a, a a culture yeah. shift that yeah, they yeah. need to be aware of. It has nothing to do with American footy fans because we are no. on this side of the world, right? And it has nothing to do with them. But yes, it's the, it's the, um, what's the word? It's the inability to, you know, foresee the difference in cultures across mm -hmm. different sides of the world, right? Yeah, they don't, they try to go into it and try to turn a profit. Like a mm -hmm. lot of these teams might, might be turning profits in, in the American leagues, but you barely turn a profit in, in Europe as an, as a football owner. I don't think you ever do. Yeah. I think Chelsea right. have a billion and a half in debt to Roman Abramovich that he's going to, you know, put the net proceeds of in a charity and, and we can, you know, speak yeah. about, Not about that, that. Time, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But again, he has not, I don't think he's going to be coming out with a profit that much. Mm. Or his annual year to year, he wasn't he wasn't profiting. Yeah. Now he's going to profit because he's selling the whole asset. Yeah, but right. on a yearly basis, you're not profiting. You're you're lucky to break even. So right. trying to administer that kind of mentality or culture in in a business sense does, just doesn't work in Europe. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it's like having the Glazers. It's just a, a vicious cycle of knowing you're not going to compete because the actions are not right in terms of competition. Uh, Joe, speak to that. I, speak to that, Joe. Yeah, you know, I agree with the the culture shift completely and stuff, but I don't necessarily think it's the only problem. You see with like most, mm. like you pointed out earlier, Mina, with the Glazers and the Cronkies, they own other teams. Their commitment isn't only on Arsenal, on United. You know, uh, we have Cronky, right. for example, he just reached the finals with the Rams and he put a lot of money in that Rams team and they won the Super Bowl this year. And the same thing mm. with the Glazers is when they put a lot of money into and a faith in Tom Brady Bucks, and they, yeah. yeah, they won with the Buccaneers. Right. So uh, the thing is with this is just, you know, where are your commitment? I think they're the problem and the negative effect with having American owners is that they're kind of using these clubs more as tools to benefit their other teams, you know, and to diversify their portfolio. Yeah, it's basically it. It's <laughs> diversifying their own portfolio, right? So with all the t-shirt sales and stuff, Arsenal and United get, which they know, bro. Arsenal and United get so many t-shirt sales. Yeah. Whenever hundreds of hundreds millions of, millions. of euros and, and dollars, once yeah. once something runs out, once they're like, oh, looks like we're we're running out of money, boom, a signing the same summer. Is the signing useful? Mm. Is the signing worthless? Who cares? It's a big name. So right. we also have to take into the account that they're not really thinking about the pool of talent. You know, um, NFL and NBA, they're, the pool of talent is very small and only the best of the mm. best make it in. Right. When we're talking yeah. about United and Arsenal, this is international level. We're involving not different European countries only, but the whole world, like the whole world is yeah. included in this. It's gargant. It's huge. So it I, I think this is the problem. This is my biggest problem with American owners. I don't mind if he's American and if it's one guy, yeah. but if you're telling me, Hey, I'm an American owner and I own the Chicago bulls and I don't know who, then I don't want any of it, you know, because right. Stan Kroenke also owns the Denver nuggets. That's an NBA team. It's too much, you know? Mm. And I know they love their sports in the U S and I love NFL. Yeah. I love NBA. Um, you know, and I watch it, but I know how much commitment they put on that over European soccer, which you don't understand shit. Sorry. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's what, a... what's worth mentioning there too is I would be, it'd be interesting to see if the roles were reversed and like a European owner, right? For example, owned these American sports teams and they were doing poorly in a league where there was something at stake for doing poorly, right? And they were financing the hell out of their European team. I wonder if the if the if it would be received the same way amongst NBA or NFL fans being like, this guy's spending all our money on Arsenal. Who cares about Arsenal? Arsenal are just some stupid team from the other side of the world. What does it matter? We want to do well now. Yeah. Right? right? It's like it's pulling the owner in all these different directions. And he's going to prioritize where he thinks he can either turn the biggest profits or have the most success. And to be honest, if you are an owner, maybe it's maybe it's um Crown Care, the Glazers, just a, you know, an American investment group who's saying, yeah, this is this is one of the assets that I own, and whatever my ambition for it is, if I'm satisfied with it, I could care less what the fans think, right? Like they're not. It's not like the fan. If if Old Trafford was empty every week, what would be the difference? How fast would things turn around? 
Yeah. If no one showed up, if, if the money back. dried up for Manchester United, watch all how fast things change. Yeah, exactly. All right. But that's not the case. Joe absolutely nailed it when he said that. It's just, it's how do I stimulate this to then right. get it to go again, to generate some more money, to, to pump it elsewhere. Yeah, right. But he's right. As soon as the unrest happens, oh, by the way, here's Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's true. Here's the return. Uh, yep. It's it's a sad thing and it sucks. And, uh, you know, this might not partake for only American owners, but maybe investment no. groups completely. Now, investments yeah. group, you know, personally as well, they do have a negative connotation attached to it. But, you know, we're looking right. at Newcastle and invest Saudi investment group, you know, and right. they are doing everything in my opinion i know mina mina might have his other takes on yeah. it but like i think they're... you guys are again twisting yeah. my yeah 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 listen listen public enemy number one Watch okay the video <laughs> newcastle, newcastle fans come out come out this video right now we gotta clip it um but what's, what's the one that we we did where i was like when nathan asked me to clarify but i'm not gonna talk about it. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no no we're not gonna address this again no, no, no. but but like as i was saying sorry um they're, I feel like they're doing the right things right now. So, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, it's definitely tough times for Chelsea. It's hard, but you know, uh, being a Chelsea fan, we've been living on edge every single season because yeah. you know Abramovich could just blow the whole thing up, right? So right. Um, maybe this brings stability. Maybe the, know if that choice of words. Was I know. I, I was, know. dude. I didn't want to say it. I was gonna say that's a very I, choice. That's of what, I mean, maybe it brings stability. Yeah. Maybe it brings. But if anything, Joe is allowed to say that, yeah. right? Joe is our resident. This is our resident. It used to be called Joey Dynamite, Dynamite. right? This is our this guy is here, it, right? But I mean, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. Screw, screw that shit. Boom, boom, boom. No, listen, on the yeah, note yeah. of Saudi investment groups, yeah. I want to talk about the 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 third tier of this, which is like Saudi owners don't play by the same rules, no. which is just investment group or not. They're like, yeah, yeah. our investment plan is that we're going to just pay all the money. And then as long as it gets results, we're satisfied. Yeah. Right. Because, and we can talk about Sheikh Mansour, we can talk about the, the Saudi investment group that are that just took over Newcastle. Even the Qataris. They're, they're, they're playing with, right, the Qatari groups, exactly. Like the, the Middle Eastern, yeah. and I got two Middle Eastern guys right here. Like, let me tell you about Middle Eastern stuff, <laughs> Habibi. Bro, it's, it, they don't play by the same set of rules, which is, as Mina said previously, right? Pep plus an open budget equals boring football. Not entire, not always entirely true, right? Because there's boring still some times we get some, very yeah, exciting maybe, football for the team that hasn't, but right. boring league. Boring league, except for when they're chased by someone like a Liverpool, and we can start to get a race. Then it's exciting again because it's it's football at the highest possible level. But right. City end up coming up on top, right? More often than not, City end up getting the job done. And this is the the part of of this tier of ownership, which is sensible spending, right? It's not that it's it's the city are looking for, for bargains though. In a lot of cases they are, but I saw a metric today that said, you know, since Manchester United last won the premier league, they've spent the same amount of money as city, but city have won four premier leagues since then. Right. They've won 11 major trophies in that time. And they've spent the same amount, 1.2 billion for both. Right. So it's that, you know, no one's saying that money doesn't translate to success. It's just that if you are not being effective in your spending or you're just buying or you're just, you know, pissing money away because you're not buying the success, you're just buying for the sake of it, then money doesn't buy football, right? Money doesn't buy success, right? And so the way that that City in particular have approached this is identify clearly who your guy is, who's going to lead the project and what does he need to succeed? And, you know, for the bulk of the last, you know, six, six years, really, you know, five, six years has been Pep, where City were just willing to go, yeah, 
all right, I trust you. Given what you do and what we think you are able to achieve with us and what he has continued to produce, they're like, yeah, no problem. We'll get it done. And yep, also back him okay. by, by developing the academy in his style. Right. And also make sure that all the positions in place above him are supporting his success at the club. And also yep. having, you know, a success plan for, for when he's done. Even though that, it, like, you can't convince me City don't have a list of five managers that will potentially oh. replace Oh, yeah, yeah. Just goes, yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. You can't, and, and you can't convince me that, that, that the managers on this list are not aware of that either. Yeah. They're definitely talking to other people. Mm. And they also setting up the right you know, the right amount of investments to keep the club going, improving right. the improving the city of Manchester. And everything. it's everything the city footballing group too. Perfect. This is the other thing is that city, like Manchester City in particular, have an entire footballing group, which means city can organize their own loans. I'm not saying that this is, this is, you know, this is where disparity becomes a, a major factor because city can do this and other clubs simply can't. Where city have a team in France uh, they have a team in Spain. They have a team in, in America. They have a team in India. They have a team in South America. They have a team like all over the world. In they the have MLS nine too. clubs in the MLS. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean when, in, in America, right? Yeah. They have nine clubs across the world where they can foster their own loans because City can just go, okay, even if let's say I don't need to send you to, um, we were talking about Conor Gallagher earlier, right? Going to another club in London in the Premier League. City can go, okay, how about we send this player to uh, Girona? to get him ready for La Liga style. Cool. Then we'll send him to um, Troyes in, in France, and then we can get him ready for, for Liga style. How do you adapt there? How does it go? And by doing this, you're not only developing them across different styles of play in different leagues, but you're also sampling them around. Because if there are scouts at the games playing across any of these, they can go, oh yeah, I can flip that guy. And City can buy a guy for five mil from Brazil that no one's ever heard of, send him on loan across one of their academy teams, sell him for 20, and then no one even realizes that City have now financed, like Mina, you were saying earlier, their net spend is less because of how much they're able to finance through this, you know, academy structure. That's not really their, it's it's almost separate from their academy because they're just signing young players to go on loan and, and make a name for themselves and then, you know, fund future transfers. On that note, Nathan, I think you were saying other clubs can't do this. I think other clubs have been doing this and can, mm. except like, for example, I'll give you the, and the reason I'm saying this is because the Glazers, when they came in, United used to have a uh, a loan deal with Antwerp where we used to send our players to Antwerp right. in Belgium and develop them. And, and I think John O'Shea was one of the players that went over there. And it's just academy players that needed first first team right. minutes. We would send them to Antwerp and they would get first team minutes. In, but in do the Glazers game, so own Antwerp? No, no, they were used it, to, we, no, no. We but that's use, the thing. Like you have just a mutual yeah, understanding amongst other clubs, right? Right. And the, we also were working on a purchase of a South African team so that we can do mm. this in South Africa as well. And they looked at that and went, "How much are we spending on the Antwerp deal? How much are we spending on this new team that we're buying in South Africa?" Shut right. all of that down. And that's right. the thing. They're going to bleed your club dry, Joe. And I want you to understand. That oh, I know that. If no, I don't want an American no, no, type yeah. of ownership. It will Roman sell to that? Because Roman Abramovich no. will definitely be aware of that. And if he, I don't think he's looking for the highest bidder. But, but I think he's looking for someone who's like-minded. But Nathan, he's uh, he's kind of running out of time. Like the the yeah. sanctions and yeah. all that. Like at sanctions. this point today, like he, they're like, oh, yeah. but they I mean, there's no shortage guy. of suitors though. 
No, you know I, I mean? Like, you know, there is. He's had Ooh. several people. What do you mean have, a shortage of suitors? There, there, Dude, I get an article. I get three articles a day saying to, so-and-so right, are, are interested that, in meeting with him. people looking up how much, yeah. like, the net worth of some of those people. On, this, like, here's who could buy it. Because yeah. I think the pool of people that have three mm. billion yeah. to spend it's is, the, like, a hundred people globally. This is, sorry to keep right. Yeah, on. sorry, sorry, Mina. No, this is just to buy the club, man. We have the Stanford yeah. Bridge problem. This is a billion-dollar investment. Uh, Stamford Bridge yeah. needs to be cut down. Like, I, and I hate saying that, but if we're going to compete in European soccer, you know, 30, no, 40,000. I disagree. Listen to me, Mina. You don't understand the maintenance that comes with Stamford Bridge. And and Roman Abramovich hasn't, has been losing money maintaining Stamford Bridge. What is that? I don't, I, I, I wish I could tell you the details. Is it just a historic building? No, that, it, that it, the maintenance. Down? Yeah. Like things are breaking down maybe. And uh, you know what, as well as the seating arena, you know, Old Trafford's huge, bro. Um, uh, Anfield, huge. Stamford Bridge isn't as big as those those stadiums, unfortunately. And I hate saying I read that they that. wanted to expand Stamford Bridge. They like want the plan expand. was the Billion Dollar Stadium to, to, to make it like Spurs' stadium. That, that's, like their new one. They were gonna make fine. it modern and yeah, gigantic. no, that's good. But I think they'd have to like with 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 changing it, you know, you're gonna have to demolish mm. a bunch of parts. I think um one of the ends needs to be like <laughs> taken out completely. That's one of one of right. these ends are like they cost so much money with the maintenance. But if we want to continue competing at this high level, I'm not saying bro, ship us out and send us to something like the Emirates. I don't want that because I right that I don't want to have a stadium called uh I don't know crypto.com like the Steve Arena, right? <laughs> yeah, the crypto arena the crypto, yeah. <laughs> you know like I don't want that you know but yeah. uh, we'll see we'll see so how it goes keep the same name keep the pitch where it is and yeah. build around it yeah build around it right because I think that's I what think I'm I heard, fine with I heard um a video of, of a Chelsea fan Rory you'll know yeah um saying that one of the most influential people in the club's history I can't remember who it was and I can't even remember if it was a manager or a player mm-hmm. is buried under the center circle at Stamford Bridge yeah or the penalty spot at yeah. one of the penalty spots so you can't like that's a piece of your history you can't allow them yeah, to man. do that you can't, even, yeah. like I understand if you want to expand it or if you want to renovate it yeah. but as a I'm not digging someone, up a gravesite no, 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 no way, no way. No, you know, no way. You, you know, you can't move the pitch. You have to keep it. You have no. Yeah. The pitch needs to stay. But I'm talking and about not because this, of that, just because of the history. History. And the it's the, the history. Fans have to Stamford Bridge. Exactly. And you know, if they say we're moving, there's gonna be an uproar. Like Chelsea fans are already crazy as is. But if you're telling them you're moving <laughs> stadiums, they're gonna. We're not Arsenal. We don't care about that stuff. Arsenal, they promised them that if they leave hybrid, that they're going to compete and look at them now. They were going to be the buyer. They're going to yeah. be the buyer, right? <laughs> yeah, because we, somehow spending money on a new stadium is not going to also increase your spending every single season. Yeah. I mean, they well, the that. idea is it increases revenue, revenue. and popularity, yes, not just yes. for the games, but for outside of it. Correct. City have the same thing. And so did Spurs, to be honest. When they, It's a massive financial investment to invest in the stadium. But the potential return on revenue is yeah, gigantic. Yeah, yeah, the pay. yeah but then, you know, but your first couple of years are just money. paying it off. Yeah. Oh, no. It'll increase <laughs> revenue, but it won't increase earnings. Yeah. Like, that's different. Yeah. So, so, like, under Abramovich, we had the whole idea of, like, where we were going to change it. And it was in the talks, but that stuff halted completely. Not because not of sanction. This was because of something else, like, previously. I mean, we'll see, man. This is another thing that's kind of throwing buyers off. But if you don't want to invest in us, then piss off. I don't care. Here, Here's a hypothetical, all right? Yeah. Let's say this, the, like the timeline had shifted here, okay? okay? And the investment group that bought Newcastle hadn't done that yet. Yeah. Mm. 
do they buy Chelsea or are they looking for a new project to bring up? Because I think, I don't know if they're looking for they're a competition or if they're like, oh, there's Chelsea already. Let's take them. 100% they they're buying Chelsea. Chelsea without a doubt. Without mm. a doubt. No way. Like they could. How, how, I, I don't disagree. I'm just, yeah. I want to hear you speak like to that. A little no, bit. no. Why would you want to start anything from the beginning when you have everything already there? I don't care. Hey, I'm going to go buy it. That's uh, like, yeah. That's I it. guess, I guess it's, it's a fair, I can understand the logic. I, I personally, I'm invested in the project. I, I don't know. And obviously we didn't know that this was going to happen, but I, the reason I'm hesitant to believe that is because mm -hmm. this group could have purchased like pretty much any team, right? Like with the money that they had, they could have looked at a team. Let's say, let's use an example. Let's say Arsenal. They could have been like, all right, Stan Kroenke, like, yeah, okay, I know you don't want to sell, but I'm going to give you double what somebody else is willing to offer. That's, like, let's see if we can now take you to the next but stage. But the they didn't do that. They picked a that. relegation battling club to say, we're going to turn this team into a Champions League team, which is why I wonder, mind you, I understand, obviously, if Chelsea goes up for, for sale and you want to start winning, then take Chelsea. But, you know, I, I do wonder how invested they are in the actual project versus just, you know, buying the, can, the team that's already succeeded. If I can interject here, I think that yeah. they... Um, they wanted to buy one of the bigger clubs. And, and I, I don't know if, if that's true, but the rumors were saying they were looking at Arsenal, they were looking at United as some of the teams that, you know, that are struggling with the American owners and to try to take them to the top. But mm. they were either not interested in selling or too expensive or nothing's too expensive for them. But like, yeah, just not <laughs> 300 billion, bro. <laughs> and I think that they would never have approached Chelsea if Abramovich wasn't willing to sell because they, right. like everybody knows Abramovich is Chelsea and yeah. he's like yeah. you're not he's not going to agree to sell regardless of what amount of money you put in front of him because he, mm. he will want the club and I think that the next step to that is to go for a historic club that has a stature in England and right. to take it back right because yeah they could have there's a narrative like, why, there's something like, to, to, pick, to buy into exactly yeah. why not just buy Burnley because Burnley's a much smaller club than Newcastle is right so the, the like the turnaround will be much much bigger and they can probably succeed by buying by spending less money at Burnley than they will need to do to, to mm. at Newcastle yeah but they wanted the connection of the historic club but the way that Arab politics work and Joe will back me up here is that if they had a chance to go up against the Emirates head to head every single season yeah they would have done that yeah right 100 percent 100 percent they would have done that it would be like mm. a rivalry, bro. You're gonna call. Yeah, and and, and because they could have started now. Yeah. Now they have to wait until they bring Newcastle to that level. Yeah, right. Yeah, screw Putin, there. bro. City versus uh, Newcastle <laughs> is what's gonna start World War Three. Yeah, screw Putin for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Joe, final thoughts on this, and then I want to talk about the Manchester Derby. Yeah. Just in one word, if you had to pick, if you had to pick of the three managerial styles we've identified today, not managerial style, sorry, but ownership styles that we've identified today, which one would you choose? A personal owner, an investment group, or Saudis? Per, or Saudis? <laughs> yeah. Um, per, uh, or Middle Eastern investment. <laughs> There's really only two, right? Well, obviously, uh, we've kind of eliminated throughout the whole it's, episode. It's, the, it's either the personal. I, I want to go personal. I'd go personal. Yeah. I'm, I'm really iffy with investment group a little bit, but like, you know, personal owner. As long as he's committed to the club and that's the only club right. he's got, then fine, for sure. Yes. All right, fair. And with that, let's transition to the Manchester Derby because, you know, as you can tell from our previous episodes, we've been running it a little bit tighter around here. Yeah. Right? I don't know if you noticed, but the Jerswall boys are getting into shape for the summer. So we're trying to keep it tighter around the episodes too. <laughs> and so um, I want to have you guys kind of, I want Joe 
first and foremost, I got to have Joe's thoughts. Mina and I kind of are familiar with, with each other's thoughts. Yeah, I know Mina will have a lot to say. Go roast me, Joe. I'm going to be Micah Richards here, just like holding back laughter as, as Mina gives a very, very serious breakdown <laughs> of what happened. But Joe, I know, just loves to criticize and loves to roast it because he, he doesn't hold back. He yeah. tells it like it is. Joe, Joe what are your honest thoughts? you nine years before you were in my position. To have your <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Harry Maguire, Joe? I feel, I feel like I might curse myself if I say anything, you're going to look back at this. Karma, um, bro. Karma. I know, bro. But listen, Harry Maguire sucks, bro. He's shit. Like, Harry Maguire is... Plain and simple. Yeah, plain and simple because he's, he has right to up. be, like, the one of the worst, like, <laughs> signings, right? Like, no, I, I'm serious. Mina, you have to agree, bro. This is the worst 80 million. Well, yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought Kepa was bad. This guy sucks. No, like, yeah. yo. In terms of United's <laughs> bad signings, he's up there with the with the Sanchez's, the Di Maria's. Yeah, yeah. No, like, he's, he's, he's he overtakes them. Mm. He overtakes them. I don't know about that. Really? He's definitely he's oh. definitely worse than Di Maria. Di no. Maria wasn't that bad. Di no. Maria is over this, proportion. 50 this, mil and he got like 30 yeah. goal involved. He wasn't that bad. Him, between him, Sanchez, and Falcao, I think. Oh God! Falcao, Falcao was underwhelming, count. but he didn't that's suck and no. ruin the team. And he wasn't even. Maguire is causing problems. Yeah, that's true. Maguire. Uh, yeah, Falcao was free. Yeah, wasn't Falcao free? Yeah, free. free. Was if so, anyway. if he was, yeah, it's, no, no. It's the price tag. The price tag is what puts him right. Yeah, there, yeah. That's the problem because I watched him play yesterday, and I was like, yeah, like I mean, I could have probably played in defense. Then what the hell? Why am I not in playing for United? Because he runs away I from the done ball. The exact same thing. He runs yeah. away from exactly the ball. That's exactly it. You know what that reminds me of, Joe? It's not, you know, whenever like layman men like yeah. us compare ourselves to professional athletes, what we say, and this is what I always say about baseball, yeah. right? It's, it's not that I, I couldn't do what you can do, but I can definitely not do what you don't do, right? So it's yeah. like, I can't defend any better than Harry Maguire, but I'd certainly let in the same amount of goals. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he, he is. I wouldn't be doing worse. It's the same thing. Like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Pochettino's impact at PSG is that, like, I think I can take PSG to the same amount of wins and losses yeah. in, yeah. in, exactly, in, the, in Liga. Yeah. No, not the Champions League. I'm not going to talk about that because that was a good yeah. win against Real Madrid. Yeah. But I think yeah. I can have the same impact at Liga. Domestically, that, just letting oh, him play. The, yeah. the, the, I think that the Maguire thing is the same. I agree. I agree. <laughs> you know, and uh, McTominay and like maybe Juan Bissaka, some, somebody has nudes on, on the Glazers because I don't know how half <laughs> these guys are still playing. I mean, it's just, it's really bad. And because they got us into top four back to back. Right now, bro. Well, he, don't give okay, me no is McTominay. that why? Hold on. Is that why, or is or do price tags start to justify starts? Because I think it's the latter. I yeah. think that if Maguire yeah. didn't cost 80 mil, he wouldn't be in the team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the fact that he's 80 mil makes them feel like they have to play him because if they don't, they're like, ah, what a yeah. what a waste of money here that we yeah. just but either way, he's playing him through terrible form and a terrible time Dude, in his personal it's life. It's bad, man. Right? It's bad. It's bad. And you know what as well? Like, I don't know, like uh, Bruno, like what the hell, man? Like just I, I feel like he just needs a drop. Just to drop, like drop him for yeah, a couple of games. Joe. Yeah, no, <laughs> Mina, it's that's not my problem. You kept. You, why did you keep Lingard? Play Lingard. I don't know what to tell you, bro. Because like because mm. something else that I can't speak about happened, and that blocked his sale. Yeah, Greenwood sucks, bro. I don't want to hear certain... none of that. Listen, listen. Yeah, let we're me, not keeping. Let me here. let me tell you. Oh, like, like, come on, man. No, bro. No, no, no. I'm, no. I'm telling you, if that guy didn't do what he did, Lingard still Lingard leaves the club. 100%. Oh, 100%. I agree with you. That's, That's for sure. Yeah. That's fair. Hey, sometimes stuff happens, right? But yeah, I don't know. Like, like uh, sorry. I know this is the consequence. Go on. Yeah. No, I know this is the consequence. Yeah. But I want to give Mina the opportunity to speak to this a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we kind of gave each other some some good thoughts from yesterday. But I don't want to, like I said, we're running it toy. Toy. So I want to hear some some quick thoughts about what you thought from the game. Because I remember we were watching together and watching the first goal happen. 
and even the second the second goal wasn't even Maguire's fault. Actually, partially, yeah, but it was, it was Lind. Yeah, it you remember I was pointing at Lindelof, right? Because I was looking at Lindelof yeah. once Lindelof got beat, and I'm like, dude, what do you? He's just watching the goals happen, right? So a lot of it is yeah. is, you know, part of it we can talk about the system, but a lot of it is down to individual error as well. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, Maguire was the fault at the first goal. Definitely involved in the second goal and also was the reason the third goal went in. So that's 75% of the goals we conceded yesterday are down, <laughs> or, or could could be blamed at Harry Maguire. So you right. can't convince me this guy's a professional footballer anymore. <laughs> and listen, at one point, at one point in his Man United career, I was like, okay, I could see why we bought this guy because we played a low block. Now that you take right. it and you want to play possession, when we played a mid block yesterday, he just looks like he's about to like rip his heart out, trying to just stay focused to what's going on. And this isn't a Man City thing because Man City does so much to keep you occupied all the time. This happens against Wolves. This happens against Burnley. Mm. Happens against team that has no responsibility and has no, like they have no reason to be demolishing him as much as they are. Like right. you look at um, what's it, Veghorst? Yeah, uh, yeah. turn him to shreds. Yeah. yeah, turn him to like spun him so much like cotton wool on a stick. It was <laughs> insane. I just think that yesterday what I saw was was kind of despicable because there was no fighting spirit. There was no. I it just looked like they gave up. There there was no really any urgency to run to get the ball. There was no urgency to close anyone down. There was no especially urgency in the to second half a line. Yeah, no, for second half for sure. I, at first half, I thought we're, we're still in this. We could probably get a point. Mm-hmm. Second half, mm-hmm. there was no urgency to hold a line. There was no awareness to what to anything that was going on. And while I do blame, I place some of the blame on Ragnik for some of the tactical stuff that was ha- that was going on yesterday. Ragnik's not at fault for for the players just giving up midway yeah, through the game. Correct. Right. If anything, they should have been rallied at halftime. Unless he just tore them into shreds and went, y'all are shit. And they went, okay, we're not going to play anymore for this guy in the second half. That's the only reasonable explanation for how bad that second half performance was. But you know what? You and I spoke about this yesterday, right? Which was how much accountability does Ragnik have in a time when, you know, Ollie was sacked for such clear lack of tactics that you brought someone in who is, you know, not with great managerial credentials, but at the very least can teach how to press properly only for the players to like not do it super well like for long, long spells of the game. But then maybe Ragnik doesn't have the ability to galvanize his squad. And if anything, Ollie was always good enough at that, right? At getting through to his team and saying, this is not acceptable. We got to do way better than this. And there were games, even derbies against City, where City were a little bit standoffish because United had fight in them. This yep. wasn't that at all. This was just, you know, it was just poor all around. No, and I think that when you have a manager that protects you from the media and all of that stuff, you're going to play for him. You're going to have a mm. personal connection to him. Ragnar came in and was like, I have no loyalty to any of you. I'm going to be here it, for the next two and years. And to be honest, uh, being yeah. cutthroat is probably for the best. Like yeah. at the stage of United are at now, it's just, it, it, does, it is what the team needs long term. In the interim, it's really going to suck when they don't make Champions League no, but that's because what we nobody to, wants to be there and to, he doesn't want to happen. It's got to happen. That's man. what we have to reconcile yeah. with. Yeah. Listen, absolutely. Five, right yeah. off the next five years, you're not going to win the Champions League. You're not going to win the Premier League. And, yep. and that's me saying it, right? Like, if someone else was to say it as, as an outsider, you would agree with that. But as a United fan, the other United fans have to understand that 
for him to actually implement the changes that need to be implemented, he has to be cutthroat. And is it at the cost of current success? Yes, because prioritizing current success means that you're going to probably leave, you know, sustainability later on on the back burner. But that's not what we mm. need right now. The the way that the club has handled itself for the last nine years, it's easy to see how Liverpool went 30 years without winning a title. It's easy to see how how Arsenal went this long without being in the Champions League, without winning a trophy. Uh, sorry, without winning a title because they do win the FA Cup here and there. But mm. that's it's so easy to see how this can be doubled and suddenly it's 20 years of no trophies, of no league exactly. titles, of no Champions Leagues. So something has to change. Someone from the outside has to come in and say, fuck all that noise, screw mm. everything you're doing, rip up all the rule books that you have written down here. This is how we're going to do it from com- from here on in. And if yep. it's not Ragnik, it has to be someone else. Yeah. I don't, like I have no personal loyalty to Ralph Ragnik. All I'm right. saying is he's an outsider who sees how bad the club is operating right now. And he, he's someone with experience of rebuilding a club or bringing it up to a stage where it shouldn't be competing. So like, like mm. Salzburg and like Leipzig. Yeah. And the same with Schalke as well. But right. this is what he does as a director. So I do trust him more as a director because his credentials are there rather than as, mm. you know, trophies that he's won as a manager. And the yeah. first part of that is to fully burn the bridges of anyone that is being a moaning, you know, yeah, prat about this entire situation, trying to seek coverage from the media, from the media, from the manager, and he's just not giving them any of it. He's mm. fully exposing everyone that has no real want to be at the club. Is I, I'm done hearing about we're going to bring this club back to where it needs to be. You're not, okay? Because <clears throat> six, seven, eight players of the team that played yesterday shouldn't be at the club anymore. They should yep. not be occupying... A shirt on that pitch. And I don't want to hear them saying, we're going to bring the club back to where it needs to be. I don't need you to do that. I need you to run to the bowl and press. Yeah. Right. I, just, Joe, just, sorry, more. just to uh, interject, Mina, but yeah, you're right. Like Ragnik came in and he's he's finding, he's like exposing all these players. It's not exposing these players as in they don't want to be here. It's the lack of ambition these players have. Yes. It's disgusting because, like, you're coming in after a game every time after a game these days. You come out there like a group of players are unhappy with. Who are you to be unhappy, bro? What have you won? Literally, last year I saw you guys. No, not not to you, Mina, but this is the reality. Crash to a Via Real team, and you're holding your head as if you're a world class player. Who are you, bro? You just got slumped by a team four one, and this is a right. This is a rivalry, bro. This is like a serious, like you got to show, and you were in the game. 2-1 in halftime, you were in the game. Okay, Pogba, yeah, whatever. Go smash someone. Go, yeah, go like break an ear or something, bro. But like if, you, if you're going to, Aaron Wan-Bissaka lightly touches the ball, like you lazy. There's no ambition. There's no heart. And I hate players yeah. like that, even at Chelsea. I can't stand them. If you don't want to be here, go. Fuck off. Yeah, legit. <laughs> Agreed. Go or away, if bro. you're content with underachieving, it, same it's thing. It's pathetic. You gotta go. Even if no they, you, know, you do want to, because I'm yeah. sure they want to be there, Yeah. but they want to be there because uh, they're like, oh, yeah, this is nice. Uh, Ollie, oh, Ollie. It's like, dude. So the, the biggest thing with Oli isn't the tactics, isn't anything, is that he set... He set a system. He set like a mentality of like, oh, we're okay. Yeah, we're chilling. We're all right. Yeah, yeah, we're having fun. It's not, bro. This ain't fun, man. We're not. They're not yeah. paying you. I don't know how many winning is fun. Thousand dollars a week, exactly, yeah. for you to be like, 
oh, I'm not happy right now because because the Ralph Ragnick's bullying me. Because you suck, yeah. bro. Like because my coach makes me work hard. Make, yeah, my <laughs> like, coach oh, makes me work. Yeah. I, oh, I, I don't want to do my job. I'm like, dude, do you want to complaining that you're driving home from training at night? Yeah, you know like, how many fucking that's people have to work in that's, the fucking mines at night? and yeah. like work in construction that fill up these seats. In the it, weekend, bro. just to see you, fu- you know, stink the place out, bro. It's, right. it, that's yeah. exactly it, man. Dickheads. That's exactly. I feel the complaints. Are I don't know if ridiculous. you guys, Sorry. you guys smell that. <laughs> smell. I smell a rebuild incoming. I smell a proper rebuild incoming <laughs> that we you, can man. actually we do yeah. as a full rebuild. Like here is TJW's position for who Manchester United need to get as a manager, and this is how they need to rebuild the club yeah. because we're talking about different men. Ma- because the thing is, we can talk about players and managers and all we want, but when several managers can't get the best out of a group, yeah. enough, enough enough of the group. Enough. It's like you're going to blow the whole thing up. After they appoint a manager. Right, and this is the final thought here. This this is the final thought on the show because this is important to, to mention. It's almost to Ragnick's credit here, right? Which is, uh, some people were criticizing, well, how come Ronaldo's not in the team? Does Cristiano Ronaldo make a difference in what happened yesterday? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Just like he didn't make a difference to the 5-0 against Liverpool. Not a damn bit, right? It's like there's not anything that it, that's going on. And part of it, sure, you can blame Ragnick if you want, but that team is not sniffing City. Like I said, I said this in the in the TJW bite. It's, it's not close and it's not competitive. And the game could have been a million to one. The message remains very, very clear, which is that they're nowhere near the pace. And yeah, until that changes, right. And until that changes, because even Pep made the, made the necessary adjustments, right? Where he just overloaded the sides. At, like just to, to City's credit, right? Things that City normally do well. And City, I was concerned a week or two ago because I was like, ah, are, like what's, what's happening here? It seems like, I don't know, like did we peak too early? Is, is it something happening? But then they click back into it and they're like, no, no, no. We know what we're doing. And it's over. By the way, you know what the difference is? It's Bernardo playing in midfield, just by the way. <laughs> no, I, I spoke Nathan, to Mina okay. about this. Here's the difference. Bernardo playing in midfield here's, makes here's some the difference. Okay. Players. Regardless of all the mistakes, tactic and tactics and everything, the difference is when your team loses the ball, three players are back to get it from the from mm. the opposition. They if don't want them string two passes together. Okay. Yeah. That's right. the difference. The all the players want it. No matter who gets, you know, who's a victim of the pep roulette, who gets benched regardless of who comes in and that's part of the recruitment every single player on that pitch is working to get that ball of that player in red and we're what are we going to do exactly what the manager asked us to do yeah and that's the difference that manager could be steve bruce yeah but if the Mm. players are playing like that yeah you're going to be more successful than a team that doesn't want to run it's wanting it bro it's just wanting it that's all you have to do it's just the united right now are just a bunch of like strangers to each other you know each one has their own click could have proven that yeah have proven that wolves have proven that they all wanted it more against united and they all put four goals past us that's the difference because it's one thing when city do it but city smash everybody and that's exactly what the difference is it's when other clubs that shouldn't be doing it still do it to united that's how you know it's on the players and with that i think we gotta wrap it here guys i think we have to wrap this one up this this concludes yet another exciting episode of the jersey wall podcast notice i didn't say the episode number I'm telling you, man, we're getting away from that stuff. We're becoming vets. We're becoming new. It's like we know what yeah, we're doing. Now. It's Yeah, it's too many of them, bro. Once you hit triple digits, bro, we went like 30-something weeks into triple digits. We're still doing it. Nah, welcome to the Jersey Wall podcast. Yeah, and yeah. that's it, bro. All right. Thank you, Mina, for joining us again. Thank you for having me. See you next week, as always. Yes, I can't wait. Tell us where we can find more from you on social media, please. 
You can find me on Instagram at minadarkali98 and on Twitter. I'll follow you back if you can find me. Boom. Joe, same for you. Thank you for coming out, my friend. Yeah. It's always great having the three of us here. Where can we find more from you? Of course, uh, at joeking dot underscore underscore on Instagram and at joeking dot underscore on Twitter. Boom. And you can find me at the Nathan Santos on Instagram and everywhere else at MasterChef Nay, including on YouTube for special bonus clips, videos, and smaller versions of the Jersey Wall podcast. Also on TikTok, where you can find TJW Bites, quick thoughts of games, analysis, all that fun stuff in three minutes or less. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Jersey Wall podcast. Follow the Jersey Wall podcast on Instagram at TJW Podcast. And be sure to go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com to get the best jerseys on planet earth and actually save money for a change promo code tjw10 at checkout will put even more cash in your pocket that's it guys another one in the books thank you everyone for coming out we hope you enjoyed we love doing this episode for you each and every week and we look forward to seeing you back here next week right here on the jersey wall podcast baby Woo!